The views and opinions expressed on the Quite Contrary podcast are not those of our sponsors, the Geeks Under the Influence Network, and to be honest, not even really the panelists of this podcast. Come on, guys. This is a bullshit debate podcast. So don't believe anything we say. Welcome to another episode of Quite Contrary. I'm Mike the Hobbit Pickett, host of Quite Contrary, founder of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, and uh, <laughs> uh, one of the two guests this evening. If you hear a difference in the recording quality, it's because just like the subject matter at hand, everything went awry, and the uh, the board that we normally record on is apparently shitting the bed. So we're doing this very differently, which is actually kind of perfect for the subject matter. Uh, this evening with me as my my foil, uh, the, the, the counter to whatever side I end up being, is uh, Mr. Chris Manick, uh, tattooist at Lucky 13 Tattoo, an avid punk rockor. Hey everybody, how you doing? <laughs> uh, you may know Chris from the Creepazoids, a band out of Richmond, Virginia. Um, also, formerly of uh, uh, what was that fucking band? Oh, social dropouts. Social dropouts back in the day. So, what we are discussing this evening is very close to both our hearts. It's whether or not punk is dead. Uh, there, there's always every year or two, there's an excuse on why punk is dead or an excuse as to why punk is not dead because of a new band or a punk rock band that does a dumb thing that therefore necessitates uh, punk being dead. So that is what we're talking about this evening. Uh, one of us, for those unfamiliar with how this works, we're going to rock, paper, scissors. Best two out of three gets to decide if they're for or against punk being dead. And the other person is forced to be the counter. So it doesn't really matter what our opinions are. But before we get started, let's talk about our actual opinions on the matter. Uh, Chris, do you actually think punk is dead? Uh, I mean, I guess that really depends on your outlook on what punk is. And we'll get into that during the episode, too. Um, but I'm going to go with a solid no in all reality on that. You okay. Know? Um. As long as you have pissed off kids, you know, making music, being misunderstood uh, in one form or another, whether, you know, the current generation that refers to themselves as punk rockers agrees with it or not, it's still rolling forward. I would actually, speaking my own personal opinion on it, would agree with you that I think there was a lull in punk rock for sure. I feel like uh, it, the 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 ethos of punk rock has been lost a lot in a popular music, but b even subculture music has gone more for the direction of of uh, the hook versus uh, content. But I see a newer generation, like uh, some of the kids talking out of Florida after the the tragedy that happened in Florida. There's there's a verve. There's a there's a a power to their speaking that that says to me that punk rock is definitely not dead as long as kids are angry 
and are mad at their parents or their parents' generation for the shit they did, the the identity of punk rock is still going to exist. So that's that's my opinion on it. But let's let's figure out what we're gonna side on moving forward. We are both in opinion that punk rock is not in fact dead, but one of us is going to be fucked and, <laughs> and have to uh, suggest that punk is in fact dead. So best two out of three. It's one, two, three. Throw is how we do this. So Chris, when you're ready, one, two, three. Throw. Scissors. Scissors. Scissoring. Yeah, scissoring. Yeah. One, two, three, throw. Paper covers rock. You got one. All right. One, two, three, throw. And rock covers scissors. So you, Chris, get to decide if you're for or against uh, Punk being dead. Oh, yeah. No, it's not dead. Punk is not dead? (laughs) Oh, so you're throwing me to the wolves on this one. All right. Uh, Absolutely. I I think you can handle yourself, though. Yeah, I think I might be all right. So um, as being the winner, uh, you have the opportunity to ask me the first debate question. You have to ask me something relating to why I think Punk is dead. Um, I mean, really, uh, the existence of basement free shows and keg parties should be enough to let you know it's still alive. Why, Why would you say it's dead? I would say it's dead for the same reason that even after World War II, when the Nazis got over, uh, like taken down, there were still Nazis in Brazil uh, doing some shit. Richmond is basically Brazil for punk rock. Um, you talk about punk not being dead, but Richmond is this like last fucking stand. Like in Civil War era in the United States, there were there were battles two years after the South uh, claimed defeat because they were like, nope, I ain't giving up on this shit. That is fucking Richmond. Richmond will never give up on punk rock. It's too deeply embodied in its soul. But ultimately what it comes down to, it's the last dying breaths of a dying culture. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what I would say to you as a counter is, um, we we were both we're both very similar in age where we were teenagers in the in the 90s with the with the kind of 90s era advent of punk rock where we got the popularity of rancid and uh and well then the radio versions of uh blink 182 and green day and all that uh many people at that time said that punk rock was dead in the 90s when it was Probably the most popular it had ever been um, by label. Uh, So in an era in 2018, where not only is it not popular on the radio, but it's not even popular with the youth. (laughs) I think that's how they say it, the youth. Um, How can you, in good conscience, say that punk rock is alive? Uh, I mean, there's so much DIY stuff going on. I mean, people are making podcasts and, uh, <laughs> so no. punk rock is, is recording dumb shit and putting it on the internet. Well, I mean, you know, we were just listening to some records, drinking beer and yeah, now that's what we're doing. So. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, but no, it's, it's very much alive in, in the DIY aspect and in, in the face of the corporate culture that we live in at this point. You know, um, 
there, there's there's an underlying aggression, especially in the face of the current political climate that I think you see coming out. Um, you know, I, I don't always agree with the messages of all these bands, but the anger is most certainly there. And uh, the, the point is, people have something to say, and they're saying it now. Well, and my counter to that is that, like, let's look at, at the current political climate. I don't I don't want to get overly political necessarily with this conversation. I want to uh, – we can talk about the politics of punk and uh, and what it reacted against. And, and I, that's exactly what I'm talking about here is that um, we're in an era where Trump is president, where I remember the Rock Against Bush albums that came out when Bush was, uh, was president, where ministry <laughs> – it's not even punk rock, but I mean – it's pretty close. Ministry is pretty close. It's like the industrial punk rock, but um, you had like no effects and bad religion and all the, all these really well-known bands that were putting out uh, compilations to rock against Bush, basically, you know, and, uh, and now in the Trump era, there are none of those albums coming out. There's, there's nothing in that regard. And uh, for me, what that states is that like, we've gotten so, uh, distracted by social media, by by the constant influx of new information that that somebody like Trump was able to take power, and as somebody that is the antithesis of what what punk rock really was in the first place. It's a billionaire uh, as with no experience in politics now it, it running government. Um, when that happened, I expected an influx of punk rock bands starting. You know, like, this is the time for punk rock. Guess what happened? Nothing happened. So my, my question is that in the most... It's like if if the Joker showed up and took over Gotham and Batman was just like, nah, I'm, I got to wash my hair this year, uh, so I'm not showing up. That's, that's what punk rock is doing, which for me is the ultimate coffin nail for why punk rock is dead. Well, on, on that one... I have to disagree. It's not that people aren't doing anything. Uh, it just might not necessarily be sitting at the forefront the way that it was. People are certainly doing things. Um, I, I mean, when you look at the amount of resistance to the white supremacy and stuff coming out into this country right now, I mean, there's... Uh, there's nothing you can say about that not being punk rock. Pe- people are getting out there in fighting with bats. I mean, people are putting their physical bodies on the line to combat what this presidency has brought about. It's unfortunate that it had to come about for people to see how far South stuff has gone. But I think really what you're seeing is the resurgence based in that. So what you're saying is that, uh, giant mob fights aren't just for skinheads anymore. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they never <laughs> were. And trust me, I was in a handful myself. <laughs> Crowd fights is the new black is what you're saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no, I, I, I see what you're saying with, uh, the resurgence of, uh, the, the women's movement with, uh, black lives matter with all these innumerable protests that are happening us being in Richmond, Virginia, we were present for the argument over the Robert E. Lee monument and whether or not it should be removed off of Monument Avenue. Some uh, jack fucks from Tennessee decided to show up, all all like six of them, 
and cost the city like half a million dollars to protect them from being beat the fuck up by people that knew better. For me, that says common sense. They were writing a check that they're that they couldn't uh, cash by by showing up six people strong into the city um, of like maybe they didn't know what Richmond was because like punk may be dead in my opinion but uh, Richmond is still not the city you want to fuck with <laughs> and I, I I don't know necessarily how much of that is punk rock but um, I, I guess this is where we break it down into what punk rock actually is for us individually for me it's an ethos um coupled with a solid music uh, if you look at you know Iggy Pop and the uh, Iggy and the Stooges or the MC5 those are those are the bands that really like and death and suicide and all all these bands around the mid 60s are really the start of the change of rock and roll into punk rock for me uh musically but politically it goes actually closer to what everybody considers punk rock around the like mid seventies where Britain was going fucked. Um, we were, we were slowly going into Reagan era. I would say politically Britain has us in spades on punk rock, um, politically, but in style, uh, United States has, uh, Britain in, in spades. But, that being said, stylistically, punk rock almost doesn't exist anymore. You don't see any street punks anymore. Uh, you don't see bondage pants or Liberty Spikes or uh, and even that style of music is lacking. Uh, most ba- most punk rock bands uh, tend to call themselves rock and roll nowadays uh, for the sake of uh, saving their own asses. And, uh, and and I've just lost so many friends on my friends list by <laughs> saying that. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'm gonna simply uh, counter with Nightbirds. Uh, they're they're really good. They are really good, but it's also you know there were people still proudly com- uh, proclaiming being Roman after Rome fell. N- Nightbirds. Sorry. <laughs> is that is that your your fucking Domino bitch? <laughs> is Nightbirds? I mean, it's hard to argue against Nightbirds, sorry. <laughs> Look, there's still plenty of bands um, that are touring that I would consider punk rock bands, but the style itself, is it? does it still exist? I, I mean, uh, the, the culture is kind of gone. Uh, the, the people that show up at these shows are like you and I, uh, former punks that like, as much as we're still kind of into it, we, we have houses, we have relationships, we have steady jobs. We have, you know, kids like we're, we're adults now. So how much longer, if it's not dead, how much longer does punk survive? If that's the last bastion, if the generation after us doesn't pick up the torch, or do you think the generation has picked up the torch? I think they have. And I think, if they're doing it right, we don't know. <laughs> Honestly. Because we're too old. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing what they do, and they don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. And and they're not doing it uh, to make money, and they're not doing it for the attention. They're doing it because they love it, and that's why you haven't heard it. You know, that's that's why it's in a basement somewhere. I cannot, I cannot allow myself to accept that as a possibility that I'm like the old bastard that the kids are hiding their cool shit from. (laughs) 
Fuck. I mean, just accept it. It, you know, it hurts real there's, bad. There's but... like I had never, I had never heard of Kendrick Lamar before, and I know we're talking about punk rock, but he did the entire soundtrack for Black Panther, and that soundtrack is fucking wonderful. And I, I like a decent amount of hip hop, and I've never heard of Kendrick Lamar until I went and saw Black Panther, and I was like, "Dire soundtrack by Kendrick Lamar," and people that were like 15 years younger than me were going, "Oh yeah, Kendrick Lamar." He's an amazing musician, and I had never heard the name before, because I'm now that sad, like, fucking bastard that's like, don't step on my lawn, I'll huh. get ya. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I guess this all comes back to what you define as punk rock, because I would say, you know, say the uh, the Everyman out of Lake Worth, Florida, are definitely a punk rock band, although they pulled a folk influence in, um... And they definitely have a very punk rock message. Um, I mean, they're doing solid things. They're, they're, they're doing it on their own terms, and they do it their way. And they're good guys, you know? So, if it, it, once again, it goes back to that definition. Would you define that as punk, or what, what do you... Where do you draw those lines? Where do you draw the boundaries? And that's, that is really the nitty-gritty of it, is that, like is punk dead or is it just an evolution at this point? Because the everyman, I wouldn't necessarily call, I wouldn't myself call punk rock. Um, idealistically. Yeah. Okay. They've, they've got a bit of that. Um, but, but like musically, um, uh, it's, it's, it's as much a amalgamation of like fucking, river folk music like banjo bluegrass as it is punk rock so where's the line you know um i i understand early punk rock had like an amalgamation i mean bauhaus was considered punk at one point uh blondie was punk rock at one point but what we understand to be punk was a certain certain stylistic so as much as everyman is an absolute fucking blast and any anybody listening unfamiliar with i would heavily suggest checking out the everyman and if they come to your town uh definitely go to a show you might get hit in the face with a fun noodle uh, but it's definitely worth it but i don't know if i would necessarily call that punk rock it's some weird hybridization well, and I think that's that's the reality, though, is how, how long do you want to push the same three chords over and over again? Things evolve. Everything evolves. Comedy evolves. Movies evolve. Um, punk evolves. It, it does what it does. And, you know, people can be resistant to that. People can be pissed off about it. But, I mean, fuck, Agent Orange played Surf. You know, I mean, yeah. but they were a punk band, so and so good, so so fucking good. So, so where do you draw that line? I mean, the the more people experiment and the more people go down those different directions, as long as it holds to those those ethics, as long as you know it, it holds to that basic uh, idea that punk kind of came under. Like, who the hell is anybody to say, "No, nah, that's not punk rock"? I mean, fuck, I didn't write the book on it. I just got into music and I'm fucking along for the ride, you know, shit. So what you're saying is basically anybody that is saying punk is dead is pretending to be this like gatekeeper 
of punk rock that knows better than than everyone else in the world. Uh, yeah, and I've been that guy. I to- I've totally been that guy. I was that myself. guy, <laughs> especially my my fucking teenage years. My teenage years, I was an insufferable dick Southern California punk rocker that thought I knew way more about punk rock than anybody else at fucking sixteen years old. So I I understand being that holier than thou punk rock attitude. Um, but I, I think uh, we're we're at a good point to uh, plug uh, the the trivia nights for geeks under the influence and maybe some events coming up in the near future. Uh, we're we're gonna follow up the second half of uh, quite contrary with some some maybe band examples. We're we're maybe gonna throw some band examples back and forth on examples of good punk rock versus uh, what's considered punk and is definitely not. Uh, so uh, stick around we'll be back in just a sec hey geeks do you love trivia do you love geeks under the influence well you can get both by coming out to geeks under the influence trivia every first and third monday at fallout 117 north 18th street and every second and fourth tuesday at wonderland 1727 east main street it's the same goofy shit talking uh, fun that you enjoy from geeks under the influence in trivia form so it's a way for you to get your drink on, learn a few things, and hang out with geeks under the influence. So join us every first and third Monday at Fallout, and every second and fourth Tuesday at Wonderland. Links are on the homepage at guipodcast.com. We're back for the second half of Quite Contrary, all about whether or not punk is dead. Um, now... All of our sponsorships at this point is on the GUI podcast, but given the fact that the board that is used for both uh, GUI podcast and Trivia Nights and a number of other things just shit the bed, which is why this audio uh, is less impressive than you're used to, I've got to plug Amazon.com. Uh, Amazon is part of the reason why we got the podcast off. Uh, it's it sounding as good as it did in the first place. Part of the reason why we had this board in the first place. And uh, if you want to go to GYPodcast.com and click on the upper right-hand corner uh, where it says support GY shop Amazon, anything you purchase through that link gets us a little bit of money. It doesn't cost you anything more. It just helps us pay for things like when a very expensive board dies before you record an episode of an of a podcast uh so if uh anyone listening wants to help out this burgeoning network uh you i i implore you please uh do all your shopping through the link at guipodcast.com uh to amazon and now on to the second half of Quite Contrary, all about whether or not punk is dead. Now, I, I, I want to create an environment on where we're talking right now. We're, we're Speaking of punk being dead, uh, Chris, I've known <laughs> you for like close to 15 years at this point. I remember the days where you were drinking handles of vodka handily um, and... We're sitting here at a house that you own in the attic, the finished attic, at your tiki bar. With with a bathroom in said attic. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> by the way, I am super excited about this tiki bar. It looks so goddamn good. 
But that being said, is that uh, part of my part of my argument with Punk being dead is the fact that everybody that used to kind of believe in the ethos has gotten really old. Like let let's get into the bands nowadays that uh, that embody punk rock. Like you you mentioned Nightbirds, and um, I'll I'll give it to you. And and before we get started with any, anything else about touring bands or anything, um, we mutually decided that uh the conversation about the casualties uh will not be part of this conversation we we both know and you guys know how we feel about the casualties so we're just going to take that entirely off the table because it's gonna it's gonna actually prevent us from talking about punk rock in general and uh, it's going to end up being like a Weinstein conversation <laughs> at that point. Yeah. So, so, so casualties are off the table. We're, we're not going to be involving them, but uh, I, I, I wanted to bring up on the second half, the, the idea that emo was like the, the sad bastard cousin of punk rock uh, via like mid to late nineties is really when that started taking note. And uh, then there was a weird, like a weird melding of punk rock and emo with bands like uh, newfound glory and, uh, and Oh God, what, what was the band that I mentioned outside? Um, Fallout boy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking Fallout Boy. <laughs> Which Fallout Boy at this point is like a dance party pop band. So if that's where punk rock is, how can you justify that punk rock is not dead? If that's the bands that are, are representing punk rock in popular cult- culture. Well, and I, I, I think bringing up punk rock in popular culture is honestly kind of an oxymoron, <laughs> okay. man. Um and I, I do remember when Blink-182 and MXPX were kind of breaking a little bit when I was younger. Uh, I went to a blockbuster music in Virginia Beach. I, I skated well beyond where I should have ridden a skateboard at my age. And uh, I, I went in and, you know, I, I was looking at some uh, some pop punk stuff, and uh, which I love most pop punk at this point as well. But I, either way, the guy working in the store was like, hey, man, you should really check this out and slip me uh, Black Flag Damaged and uh, the Misfits Collection 1. Ooh. And uh, sen- sent so me on my was, way. He was a hero, basically. <laughs> Essentially, he sent me on my way and uh, redefined what my idea of punk rock was essentially forever, man. <laughs> like, I uh, That's actually a good good thing before we get into the like the back and forth about uh the whether whether or not punk is dead like that that's actually a really cool story on how you got into punk rock uh mine is kind of the same deal where i had a i had a friend that i went to school with and his older brother would uh actually gave me a ride home one day and while we were in the car he was a skate punk kid he hope by the descendants came on and i went what is this and uh, and he's like, it's the Descendants, they're punk rock. And it was like a light bulb went over my head where I I, I had heard of The Clash, I'd heard of The Sex Pistols, but I never really had a lot of involvement with that. But knowing there was a style of music that 
that incorporated, you know, that this was a style of music that changed everything. And, uh, and from that point he made me mixtapes and he introduced me to bad brains and black flag and social distortion and descendants and the misfits. And, um, I, I was his little Padawan of, of punk rock at that point. And, uh, it, it made a huge difference. So like, be- before we move forward, let's just give props to the people that got us into the the things that we love so dear. Cheers. <laughs> and and now I will take my time uh, destroying it. Um, <laughs> so, modern day bands that consider themselves punk rock, um, there are boy bands and pop groups that say that they're slightly punk. I mean, let's look at, uh, this is even a old reference, but Avril Lavigne considered herself punk rock because she wore a tie over her tank top and sang about skater boys. If that's not an ultimate statement of punk being dead or at least incorporated, I don't know what is. Well, I, I think what you end up with there is the resistance to that. Um, essentially, the, the, the 80s equivalent was the 21 Jump Street episode with the <laughs> clean-cut kids, man. I mean, fuck, come on, really? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so to try to say pop culture is any kind of reason for punk to be dead is ridiculous uh, because there's something always bubbling there underground, man. You know, um, you might not agree with it. You might not like it, but it's there. So you're saying that pop culture has always used punk rock as a, as like, as like a gel on the hair of giving it edge, you know, like just, just trying to like funk it up a little bit by adding a little bit of punk edge by adding a ripped jean or, or, or a, uh, an earring on one side or, or mask, a dude wearing mascara. Ooh. Sorry, don't rip on Mike Ness like that, <laughs> but <laughs> either way. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just punk. I mean, like pop culture rips on everything that's ever been pure hip hop, like go down the line. If they think they can make a buck, they will. Um, you know, uh, and, and you can choose to buy into that shit or not. Um, but realistically, the choice is up to you, and that's the ultimate freedom there. Uh, but where's the line? I mean, I look at, like, Blink-182, for example. If they were to play uh, Innsbruck in Richmond, <laughs> the crowd would be, like, well-to-do West Enders getting shit-hammered on expensive beer to watch Blink-182. Now... I saw Blink-182 back in Southern California when they were just Blink, and they were assholes then, and I didn't like them then. And that's that's not, <laughs> me, that's not me, like, trying to be cooler than cool. It's just, like, I never really got into Blink-182. Um, I'm, I'm not even trying to discredit them as being punk. They were they were pop punk, and, and, and but they definitely went more the pop end than the punk end uh, by the end of it. And uh, what I'm saying is, like, if if that what if that's what punk represents nowadays is just this weird, like, like 
just blended into popular culture version of punk rock, then that's then that's kind of the the that's the absolute that punk is dead. Well, I mean, really, that's 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 a direction that a band went. That's a direction that a few bands went. Uh, and there's always going to be motherfuckers out there uh, willing to uh, let somebody slip a hand in a pocket and give a hand job. But you're always going to have those people that are willing to drive, fuck, man, you know, hundreds of miles to lose fucking a hundred dollars, you know, uh, to play to fucking two people. Yeah. Um, you know, shit. I, so what you're saying is that I, I am, I am not the end all of this, but God damn, man. Like I fucking have, uh, definitely lived in a van for a couple weeks at a clip, you know, uh, fuck two weeks on $8 in the early two thousands. It was rough, man. I remember back in the day, uh, we were on the road and our drummer shit in a coffee can that we used for cigarette butts while we were on the road. And the stench was so bad that it actually woke everyone up. Um, except the driver was already awake, <laughs> but the rest of us, uh, like stood at fucking attention and made him throw out the entire can. Um, and his, his response was like, I know we had a tight schedule. I didn't want to make a stop. Uh, and it's like, that's a reason to stop right there. But, but I mean, really, as long as there's people willing to throw their instruments in a vehicle, and I mean, fuck, we, uh, we, we hit a point over the two weeks where we were splitting, uh, McDonald's double cheeseburgers, you know, I mean, fuck it. And that was the meal for the day. Uh, and, and that's kind of the reality of the life you live sometimes when you're doing that. And, uh, yeah, but we're, we're talking about like a life that we used to live. I mean, both oh. of us, both of us are, are still doing, but we're doing a lot better than we used to. Absolutely. And there's still some fucking prick out there causing trouble. at shows splitting a fucking goddamn double cheeseburger with his bandmate, <laughs> hoping somebody's got a handle of vodka behind that dumpster. Trust me, they're still out there. But I'm saying those bands are fewer and further between, and the ones that are still doing it, I much respect. And any any of the conversation that we have tonight is not to begrudge those still holding up that punk rock torch by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but what I'm talking about is the 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 character of punk rock, the the identity of punk rock, and whether or not it's dead. And uh, and actually, something that was announced recently that uh, the GUI might be cover covering um, in May is the tour of No Effects and Bad Religion and a number of other bands at a Punk and Drublick Fest with a number of brewers, um, Stone Brewing Company being the primary, and then a number of other probably local uh, breweries that it's it's microbrews and like old punk rockers. And the question is, is punk dead or is just punk really starting to, to like worry about their 401k and, uh, and like put, put more into it than the match dollar for dollar that their company does for them. Like, uh, it, it, when you have a craft brewing festival 
Um, I also want to stress the fact that there's uh, a forced pro and con in in quite contrary. Um, <laughs> a for a a, uh, a brewery and punk rock festival is that really punk rock? Uh, well, I mean, beer and punk have always gone together for me. Uh, you know, I, I definitely know that it doesn't for everyone. Um, but you're talking about craft brewers. I, I know it's the big fucking hip thing now or whatever, but you're talking about small businesses, uh, largely. And I'm, you know, that, that's the reality is, is a lot of these places, um, you know, they're making their own shit locally in your neighborhood. Um, you know, and, uh, these bands, they're, they're not kids anymore. The, the truth is this is what they do for a living. Um, at this point, they, they've hit that point. People have raised them to that point. Um, you know, uh, you wouldn't be into what you're into now if it wasn't for Bad Religion and No Effects. I never would have picked up the later albums that I picked up. Uh, I mean, shit, I wouldn't know about fucking Nightbirds, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, if it that wasn't was, for getting into I, this shit, I'm still going to say fuck you for bringing up Nightbirds, because that was yeah. like your, your like fuck you chip that you brought up really early in this by, episode. By, by the way, I hope they end up being one of the TBAs on this, if anybody that can like make that happen oh might God. be listening. Uh, uh, that, that would be really fucking cool. That would be but, <laughs> pretty fucking wonderful. But, uh... You know, I, I I understand the angst about ticket prices. I understand the angst about beer prices. I, I do, because I was that young kid that couldn't have afforded to have done this at some point. Um, you know, and if you're against it, I mean, that that's your prerogative. But the truth is that doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it unpunk. It just makes it not what you're into. And that's cool. You know, uh so is this, so so is this uh, tour just like the uh, the dad rock version of a punk rock festival or um, I don't know I don't know how the fuck to define dad rock anymore <laughs> man I mean Slayer's fucking dad rock at this point oh, shit I, the last it. time I saw them I was one of the young fucking bucks in the crowd actually Jesus I saw Christ. I saw Slayer on the American Carnage tour with Anthrax and uh, Megadeth. And most of the crowd was around my age, which it wasn't that it was a few years ago. So like six, eight years ago. So the, the mean of age at that, at that show was like 30 plus. I mean, fuck dude. And and it was always debated whether Motorhead was a punk or a metal band, but I went on a cruise ship to see Motorhead. You know, I I hit a point of in life where I, I could swing that. And, uh, Motorhead didn't lose anything. <laughs> I mean, they... Well, they have let now. Me, well, <laughs> but at, at the time that I had gone, man, um, let, let me say, fucking, uh, they were definitely still fucking hard 100%. Rock, fucking as, as much as you can fucking get at that age and that kind of fucking environment. Last time I, uh, the last time I saw motorhead was when I was 19 at the boathouse in Norfolk, uh, with, uh, Nashville pussy Rio speed dealer and the, su- and the super suckers. <laughs> that was a fucking immense show. And the level of rock and roll that, that motorhead brought 
I had been to so many rock and roll shows at that point, but it was it was so immense that I wasn't prepared for the level of rock and roll that I that I received that evening. To the point where when they were done, Lenny hit one string and laid his bass against the amp. And then so it just like recycled and got louder and louder to the point where everybody left um, holding their ears because it got so loud that it he himself cleared that show and didn't have any people wandering around afterwards because he hit one string and put it against his amp and got it loud as fuck where it just kept the off the amp kept making the string like waggle until it got like unbelievably loud. Uh, so punk rock did exist and there are bands that still definitely hold the candle of punk rock. And I don't think either one of us are arguing that point, but as a style, um, that's that's really what I'm kind of suggesting at this point, that you could make the argument that there are pop bands that are punk rock. Um, like, uh, what is it, Sia, that my girlfriend's really into. Um, she doesn't even appear in her videos. She gets a little kid to appear as her, and she does her own thing, and she doesn't let like labels make the choices for her. Is that punk rock? Or like what what at this point with with um is punk rock just the the minimal bands that are going on tour and doing their thing, or is punk rock something that's so important that it kind of injected itself into the veins of popular culture? Uh I honestly think if if you're so concerned about defining it or you let other people define it for you, um then it's probably not. <laughs> I mean, so you're saying the problem is the labeling of it. Um, at this point, what is or isn't? Uh, you know, I hear people bitch about pop punk, but then I look at the Ramones, and then I hear about sellouts, and I look at the Sex Pistols, and I'm just like, well, fuck. I mean, that was the beginning, but then you had people shoot off from that and fucking do whatever, you know, and yeah. uh. It's it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. And fuck, man, I'm just an old drunk. I'm not here to define that for you. <laughs> so, uh, I, fuck, I, I'm defending that it's still alive, but fucking take your own shit from this and fucking make your own decision. Uh, I can't I can't tell you whether it is or isn't. Fuck. I sit around and listen to a ton of garage rock, and I think this shit's fucking punk. But... And I think that's maybe the most punk rock response that can be had is that, like, I'm not your daddy. I, I'm not here to make a decision on what is and isn't punk rock. And uh, that's honestly the best way to, to finish out this episode is that, like, uh, and let's let's break the break the wall here on, <laughs> on the conversation. We, we, let's let's get away from the from the for and against at this point. Um I, I think your final take is is actually kind of the best way to end this episode is that uh, punk rock isn't necessarily a style, not necessarily a look. Um, the 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 
the ethos of punk rock has existed before the term and will exist well after um, distorted guitars are the popular thing. And uh, and I'm, I'm just honored to have had my hands in it uh, for as little as I had. And, uh, and I'm actually honored to have you talk about punk rock with me on this episode. I'm going to be honest. If it wasn't for punk rock, I wouldn't have this house and I wouldn't be living as comfortably as I am as much as an oxymoron as it sounds like, but it, it allowed me to become a tattooer. It let me go fuck you to everybody that shot me down, you know, through the years. Uh, and I put in the hard work to get there because punk rock was there for me. So, you know, and I would agree there, there were a lot of choices that I made in my life, uh, that were championed by the punk rock ethos where I, I didn't want to work for a major corporation. I didn't want to, um, get the khakis. I, I didn't want to live that lifestyle that everybody kind of thinks is the American dream. I, I wanted to live and, and the life that I have now is a nice it's it's a nice uh, compromise between uh, my younger self and the punk rock ethos and and the reality of getting older and what you need to do. I, I work for an, uh, a non-publicly traded company that treats me well, and I, I'm happy at the job. And it gives me plenty of time to do the podcast and trivia nights and hang out with my friends like I'm doing tonight. And, uh, and a lot of that when I got my last promotion, I was asked uh, how far up in the company I want to be. And I, I said middle management uh, because my response was that I will not um, give up my personal time for the success in 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 my in my career. And that comes from punk rock. Um, it, it comes from knowing exactly what you want and not making excuses for it and being forth forthwith with it. So, um, with, with the, with the shades drawn back, um, I, I actually thank you, Chris, for, um, defending punk rock as well as you did. <laughs> uh, you, you can find Chris at lucky 13 tattoo in, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Do you have the address offhand or uh, 1800 West broad? There we go. Um, check him so, out. Man check Manic underscore arts on Instagram. Yes. Um, he's an amazing artist and an even more amazing tattooer. Uh, my girlfriend and I are going to be getting tattoos, hopefully in the near future from him. Um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm putting it on record that I'm going to harass you about those draw ups, dude. Bitch. Yeah. Motherfucker. <sighs> All right. <laughs> So uh, we'll see you guys here next time for another episode of Quite Contrary. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, definitely comment and rate us on iTunes. It gives other people opportunity to find us and uh, and and enjoy this amazing show. And uh, hopefully next time we'll have the board in proper working order. But for now, I am Mike the Hobbit Bicket.
GUIPodcast.com. <laughs>